Uh, here we are in downtown Chattanooga, one and only Mitch Patel, CEO of Vision Hospitality at the amazing Edwin Hotel. Mitch, thank you again, as always. Love sitting down and chatting with you. We're going to learn a lot today. Hope to. Welcome, uh, Teague, to Chattanooga. Welcome to the Edwin. Thank you. Beautiful hotel. How, give me 30 seconds. When did we open this hotel? How did we start it? Why did we pick the Edwin? I know it's your passion project. Yeah. That's why we're here. Long journey with this hotel, uh, but we opened the hotel in 2018. Uh, definitely was behind schedule. So it's going to be about uh, four years this fall, and uh, it's been an uh, incredible journey so far with this hotel. How, how, dare I ask, how's business? Business, uh, this was one of two hotels uh, when the pandemic hit that we shut down. And it wasn't because the business as much, because we were selling an experience here. And we just couldn't do that with the pandemic. And so it was heartbreaking when we had to do that. You can imagine shutting a hotel down that's not supposed to ever shut down. And uh, How so- long? How long? When did you close it? When did you open it? So we just shut it down for about 30 days. It was right there when the pandemic hit, a couple of weeks after. So about the month of April, okay. you could say. But uh, it has come back strong. We are beating our projections that we, we had uh, when we first, of course, opened the hotel, especially on the ADR side. And it is by far the highest average rate uh, uh, hotel that we have in our portfolio. How many hotels on the portfolio? We have 41 as of today. Wow. Congratulations. Thank All you. All owned and operated by you guys. All owned and operated by us. There's no third party. And we are the majority owner in all of those. And we're in Chattanooga, Tennessee. How many in Chattanooga? We have about 15 hotels. Uh, so it's a Wait. good percentage of our portfolio. Way to not put all your eggs area. in one basket. It's a lot of eggs in one basket. Let's circle back to that. And then the others, Atlanta, Nashville. Where else? So we have uh, Houston, Texas, oh, right. uh, Denver, Colorado, Louisville, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you know, these one-off type markets, Wilmington, North Carolina. So primarily in the Southeast. All right. I, I, interesting. I, I really mean this. What, what's it like? Are you good decision, bad decision? What have you learned by owning 15 hotels in one relatively small Chattanooga market? Well, um, I, would, I will say that was a good decision. You know, we're playing defense as much as offense. Um, it, there is an advantage when you own that many hotels in one market, of course, we know the, the, the disadvantage. It's a lot of eggs in one basket. Right. But the advantage is uh, when you own that many hotels in one market, you can really control the inventory. And especially right now where we're pushing rates, uh, guess what? We can, we can definitely push rates when you have that many hotels in one market. And we believe we're lifting the entire market when you have that many hotels and people are drafting behind. So you're essentially helping and assisting the entire market grow with average rate. And, and then the synergies with sales and operations and those kind of things also factor in. Yeah, one sales staff, one operating team. You can move people if needed. You Absolutely. can slot them in uh, into the different rate categories and where's availability. I'm putting words in your mouth. No, you, you've got it, Teague. And also, uh, what great opportunity to take somebody that was a front desk person to put them through our training program and make them an assistant manager and general manager. We have a farm league right here in Chattanooga and, and we could take them to different parts of the country where, where we're opening hotels. How is business today? How was June? We're about to be in July sure. of 22. How is June, I don't know, compared to January of 22? Yeah. 
Yeah, so significantly better, right? Uh, so we had our best fourth quarter um, ever in 21. And it's shocking for many people, but uh, that fourth quarter of 21 was our best yep. fourth quarter fourth that we've quarter. had. And then January was a wake-up call because leisure travelers were pretty much the only people that were traveling. Yeah. Yes, we had some business, small amount of business travelers. So January, when the leisure travelers uh, dissipated and there weren't that many business travelers, I think the entire industry faced uh, what January, and of course, Omicron was yeah, still raging. Omicron. So uh, January, we, we were off to a slow start. February, we started seeing uh, definitely things start picking up. And then from March onward, it's been gangbusters. Uh, and then it's just accelerated. And so May and June, we're seeing some of the highest average rates that we've ever seen uh, as a company. Fascinating. Is the, so the rates are higher than ever. How about the occupancy? Is the occupancy back yet? Occupancy is not quite back to 19 levels, okay. but it is close. It's getting there. We just hit, uh, we celebrated, we just hit our first 90% mark on a weekday, oh. portfolio-wide, a uh, couple of weeks ago. That was a given on a Tuesday and right. Wednesday, and we right? we celebrate and, that. And, and yes, so that was a big deal. And weekends have been great, of course. But it, it's amazing the kind of average rates that we were able to attain. I mean, we were close to $200 average rate for the entire portfolio these past three or four days. So, so let's unpack that a little bit. So the leisure traveler has been here. Things we know. Chattanooga, beautiful hotel. Drive to leisure travel. That, so that's weekends. That's right. So that traveler's been here. That's right. I'm guessing business traveler is still not back. Maybe small business traveler. And so, how about versus large and how about conventions? Yeah, sure. So leisure travelers, remember the summer, spring break. Yep. Uh, people travel a little differently. There's this leisure and blended mm -hmm. travel yep. now. You see a lot more yep. of that. Yep. So we're seeing leisure travelers uh, even uh, traveling even on weekdays, not just weekends, right? And business travel, it's absolutely has come back, not at full capacity as it was in 18 and 19, but uh, the smaller businesses, the smaller companies are traveling. They were even traveling in 2020 and 20, even early part of 21. And so that was great to see. And that's just accelerated now that people are building more confidence to travel. And then, of course, uh, the group travel, we, our company doesn't depend on group as much, but it is an important part of our, of, of our business, right? Because right. when the convention center in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the big convention center hotels fill up, it helps the entire market. It compresses the entire market. Correct. And we're seeing some of that pick up in Nashville, particularly. You're seeing some of that in Atlanta. And I was really surprised when Marriott and Hilton, when we were talking to the executives, they were saying that the big full service hotels in their portfolio are at full capacity with their meeting space and their convention space in the third and fourth quarter of this year. So oh, wow. things have just been pushed back and back and they're, they're still, it's still on the books. So I think that, that bodes well for our industry going forward because that's a big component um, of our business. So operationally, and you know, we got recession coming, we're gonna talk to that, but do you see it still accelerating? Operations. I, I think that we see, absolutely, we see it accelerating in, because business is already on the books, right? right. Uh, for July, I think July is going to be a, a, a record-breaking month. I think August will be a strong month. I think this fall, September, October, should be great months as well. And a lot of this, again, a lot of this business is already on the books, right? And some of it could cancel. We, we, we know that. 
But uh, I think that if you look at the, some of the, the latest reports on Booking.com, Expedia, and Airbnb, it's starting to, to, the demand of booking is starting to taper. Why do you think that is? Well, and I've said this before, I said it on the panel uh, at the Hunter, you know, let, let's be very clear on this. Um, what we went through in 2020 with the pandemic and even 21, this was a medical crisis, not an economic crisis, right? right? It was a medical crisis. I'm, a, I'm on a CEO roundtable of many other CEOs in this town, Volkswagen, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shields insurance companies and manufacturing companies. And I'm the only hotel guy that's on this uh, round table. And so we were disproportionately impacted by right. this pandemic. Uh, the hotel industry, the restaurant industry, the retail industry, but these other industries were flourishing. I mean, they, were, they had record business in 2020 and 21. And I'm shaking my head. I'm like going, this is crazy. And so we did not see an economic crisis. So people, the stimulus money, the trillions of dollars that went into people's pockets and companies' pockets, right? It increases uh, increase everyone's balance sheets. Uh, people are staying at home, saving, saving money. Yeah, they're buying things uh, online, but they weren't staying at hotels right. as much. So... When that gate opened up, there was so much pent up demand for travel and going out to restaurants and people had money. Let's be very clear, money, it's important. Consumer confidence, having money is important. That's what drives this country. And so when most people's net worth is in two places, let's just break it down, two places. It's in the market and their homes. So if you look at 2020 and 21, we had that blip in the market for the first few months I wish I, I bought yeah, a bunch everything. more when it, when, it, when it tanked, right? But we went right back to where it was and then even exceeded it. So people's 401ks, you know, their, their, the values went up, their home equity values went up. So if someone's net worth was $50,000, it could have doubled to $100,000. They still have their job. And then what it did was it builds confidence. Right. And when you see, even though it's on paper, when you see something go from 50 to 100,000, it makes you feel better. It makes you go, okay, let's go take that trip to Orlando, which costs several thousand dollars, but let's go take that trip to Orlando. And so it, what happened in 01 and what happened in 09, the housing and the market tanked. So it impacted consumer confidence. So we have not seen that yet. And so the market's been shaky. Obviously, there's a lot of geopolitical pressures. There's been, in, you know, we'll talk about inflation, but it is impacting people's savings now. It is impacting people's uh, confidence in, 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 in just spending. And I believe, and I hope I'm wrong because we're in this business yeah. and we want it to be robust, but we're starting to see the first signs of people pulling back. You know, we talked about how Gasoline prices are not uh, proportional to travel demand. Yep. Uh, there's no correlation to that. But if you're paying double in gas, you're paying significantly amount of more money in, in, in groceries, you're paying, your mortgage rate just went up, right? Your, your insurance, I mean, sorry, your credit card uh, uh, yeah. uh, bills started going up. Other costs started going up. It collectively makes a difference. Our wages have gone up, but not at the level of expenses to the vast majority of Americans. And I think that at some point, something has to give. 
And I think that's what the Fed is trying to do, right, with raising the interest rates, is to slow down the demand side of the equation. And if we slow down the demand side of the equation, let the supply piece catch up, because COVID, the pandemic, has really impacted that at the end of the day. Correct. And then hopefully there will be a better balance of supply-demand, and then we could see prices come down. Can they, can they hit that equilibrium? What's your prediction? I'm not an economist, but absolutely it can. And why wouldn't it? It's the question is when. It really comes down to Great. when. when. There will be an equi equilibrium. And, and, and you know, I'm, I may be completely wrong on this, but I think it's going to take some time. I don't think it's going to happen in three months or six yeah, months uh, or something like that. I think it might be by probably sometime middle of next year. I mean, second quarter. Things might, inflation, I mean, it might start tapering and slowing down, but the equilibrium is not going to happen immediately because when you shut the world down, which COVID and the pandemic did, to reboot it, there's a hundred moving parts to the right. supply chain uh, system, and it's going to take time to work itself out. And it was shut down multiple times, not just once, right. right? Here just recently. And we're dealing with that, with buying these hundreds of items that go into hotels. What, so how do you think that's going to, your economic theory there, how is that going to impact us in the hotel industry, both on operations, but also on values yeah. of assets? Yeah, so look, uh, Inflation, we talked about this a little earlier. You know, we saw the worst of the day-to-day -day leases uh, two years ago, yep. of the day-to-day -day lease business that we're in. We're seeing the best of the day-to-day -day lease uh, business uh, today, as I could adjust rates every hour, right? And so we are seeing the benefit uh, of, this, uh, of these inflationary pressures with rate growth, tremendous rate growth that we've never seen before. Now, our expenses have, have gone up significantly as well. But our margins uh, are, are slightly down, but not tremendously down from what it was back in 1819. And so the good news is, look, every pundit, every expert that I talked to said that we were not going to come back from what we went through in 2020 till 24, right. 25, if you recall. And, and everyone said that, all the experts. We're back today. And we're not even in the middle of 22. Isn't that amazing uh, in terms of, of, of RevPAR? And yeah. at least we are as an industry and we're, I mean, we are as a, a company, as a company sorry. And the industry is not too far behind. So you so, think you hit, sorry, real fast, June of 22, you outpaced June of 19. By seven points. Wow. That's right. We will. We've got a week left, but we will. That's what we're targeting. We think July will be around that amount, if not even greater. And so we are absolutely beating 19. So for the year, we will probably be up anywhere from, my guess, anywhere from seven to 10 points uh, is what our expectation is, over 19, which is significant. That's uh, amazing. Yes. Uh, although a little nit, and I don't wanna go too far, but you said you're not as efficient. So GOP is still not back. So your costs are higher than they've been. That's right. I'm guessing labor, supplies, et cetera. All of Taxes, that. Taxes, insurance, you name it. Everything is just up. All of that. So we got to raise rates. All of that. Which probably says we haven't been raising rates aggressively enough pre-pandemic, and now maybe we're catching up. I don't know. I digress. That's probably the case. And, uh, and we look, we're so fragmented as an industry, right? Uh, yeah. And so it's great that everyone is working. Um, I hope the SEC is not uh, listening to this, but uh, we're all kind of working uh, in unison, you know, lifting our industry forward with rate, which is great to see. But the double-edged sword yes. is now with this inflation, 
this crazy inflation. We haven't seen in, what, 40 years? Yeah. Right? Now the Fed are coming in and raising interest rates. So now housing has, uh, housing starts at three consecutive months of, of a considerable slowdown. Yes. And you can see the average payment uh, on a home mortgage has gone up considerably. And other expenses have gone up considerably for the average household. So now that people are pulling back and that's probably an outcome that they were looking for. Uh, they're not going to say that publicly, but that's an outcome that they probably were looking for. So how does it impact us? Right. Absolutely. It could impact us because there is a pent up demand of travel. Now I, I, for a fact, know people have canceled trips uh, because people have told me they've canceled a trip to Orlando or Vegas because they went and looked at uh, airlines and, and airline rates, and it was uh, considerably more than what they budgeted or what they thought. And that doesn't even include the hotel rooms and the other costs. Right. So they're they're backing off a little bit. So how much of that takes place is what we need. What we will what we'll find out. Uh, so. Yeah, isn't that the irony of the of inflation, right? In our business, on one hand, inflation means we can charge more yes. for our room, for our product, we yes. can charge more. But recession means that fewer people are going to come. That's right. That's and, right. And then on the valuation, inflation means that the hotel, the building, is worth more, yeah. costs more to build. That's right. It's now it's worth more. Right. But the interest rates, when you borrow seventy percent, mm -hmm. gotta mean it's worth less. That's right. How can I pay you an eight cap if I'm borrowing right. at eight percent interest rate? That's right. So cap rates are definitely uh, are pressured. Uh, we're also, what, what's, what's helping though, and again, this is a, a multiple double-edged, I don't know about double, triple, quadruple-edged sword that we're talking about with inflation, but I'm a, I'm a developer. We're a developer, right? So we know a lot about development. Uh, we built over 60, 70 hotels. Uh, we have 15 in our pipeline right now. So our fingers on the pulse on what's going on uh, in the development world. And uh, costs have skyrocketed in development. And so replacement costs yes. are considerably greater than it was back in 18 and 19. Yes. And so that hotel that cost me, let's say 200 a key in 19 is now costing me 230, 240 a key today. And so how, do, how much of that impacts uh, the investors uh, because supply demand at the end of the day, every business is about supply demand. And if we look at supply and demand, let's break that down for a second. Our industry has grown about little less than 2% annually, about 1.8, 1.9% supply growth annually for the last 30 years, right. right? Well, we didn't have that 1.8 to 2% supply growth from 10 to 19. Right. We just hit 2% there in 19 and maybe in 2020, right? Yes. And then with the pandemic, with cost, with uh, lending, I don't expect uh, supply growth to get even close to that average in the next five, six years. So I think that that bodes well for our industry with the supply growth uh, being a little muted. And then investors will hopefully see that this hotel, if someone wanted to build a new hotel today in the market, it would cost this much so thus the value of that hotel can be X or Y. And thus there could be pressure on cap rate, even though with interest rates going up, cap rates could be floating right there because of the replacement costs. I'm no expert, uh, but if I were an investor, I would definitely factor that in there. Uh, 
but we heard that exact sentiment at our conference, you know, from the stage yeah. multiple yeah. different times yeah. that we can still get cap rate compression even yeah. in a rising interest yes. rate environment. Yes. yes. So we will see. So do you think inflation means it's cost more to build, but recession means less people are going to build and it's going to be harder to build. So do you think costs of construction are still going to continue to rise? So that is a great question, Ting, that, uh, you know, with all these hotels that we have in our pipeline, we are waiting for that to take place, right? Uh, uh, to Even though we have a 41 hotel portfolio where I don't necessarily want that to happen on this end, but as a developer on this side, you know, I kind of want that to happen, right? Because uh, uh, there's so much pressure on these guys. So I think a lot of the cost right now, why it's skyrocketed is because the supply chain challenges, which will work itself out, not necessarily demand. There has been demand uh, for certain materials, no question. Housing has been just crazy, like sheetrock right. and lumber and so forth. Well, that's starting to taper. So I, you know, I don't want to tell somebody wait six months, nine months, because I did that six, nine months ago and costs are even much greater, you know what I mean? And so, but we are not going to start construction in the next three or four or five months of any of these hotels. Okay. We are playing that game. Where pause. we think, at, well, we're in design. We're timing okay. this thing. Yeah. It's not like I have a permit right. and I'm ready, ready Good to point. go with construction Good of point. any projects today. So we time that kind of. We're slow. Some of them were kind of slow, yep. slow pacing. But end of the year, we're targeting uh, some starts, and most of it will be first, second quarter of next year. These construction starts. Okay. So I hope that things will taper on the cost a little bit. And then when we open, hopefully it'll be a much better time to open long-term thinking. Interesting. On the backside, um, part of the recession, do you have any concern that you're, if there's a more financial crisis, I hate to even yeah. say that, yeah. uh, that your lenders are gonna run away and not lean into yeah. construction? Yeah. And that's, that's, look, that's a great question. We dealt with that, uh, obviously, in 2010 and 11, uh, where we, op we, we, we developed right. over 14, 15 hotels, and that was the most difficult time to get construction lending ever, ever. We have great relationships, Steve. If anyone's going to get it done, I think we will. Uh, we have tremendous relationships with balance sheet lenders, yep. uh, local, regional lenders. Uh, I'm very confident uh, that we will be able to get lending. Uh, we were getting construction lending terms even six, nine, 12 months ago, even in the middle of this pandemic. And so we are leveraging less than what we used to. Uh, we're putting a lot of our equity uh, at play. We are, we are willing to personally guarantee uh, construction loans as long as there is burn offs and so forth and certain hurdles uh, that we meet. Uh, so they, they are confident in us and we're confident in this uh, business model of developing. The key is at what basis? I think yep. that's the key. This industry in real estate is about basis, basis uh, right? If you built something or bought something, 100 a key or 150 a key or 200 a key could be all the difference in success and failure. We talked about the Gulch, right? The Fairfield and Suites of Gulch because the basis was so great. That's why it's been a highly successful property. It bought that land for 2.2 million. Today, that same land is worth over 30 million. There's no way I could probably make those numbers work at today's construction costs too. We built that for 120 bucks a square wow. foot with a rooftop bar. What's it today? Today, it would be all of 275 to 300 bucks a square, a square. foot uh, to build. And that does not include the garage. And that does not include, of course, the 30 million plus dollars land. in land that I would probably have to pay for this particular parcel. 
And of course, FF&E probably went up another 30% on top of that too. So overall, you're talking about Significant. significantly more, maybe three times more, four times more costs than what I developed it From for. when to when? Wait, you're We're talking about opening in 14. Mm. So I started the project in, 12. let's say, 12. And so in 10-year time frame, uh, amazing, 10-year time frame. That's significant. How much of that is Nashville and how much of that is everywhere? I think, uh, I think a lot of it, the land, um, absolutely, and some other costs, like construction costs are probably higher in Nashville right now than some other markets because of just so much that's yep. going on there. And land is absolutely an anomaly in, in Nashville right now, right? I mean, it's just crazy. Yep. Um, it, it was crazy. We paid 30 bucks a square foot for this dirt. And then when it went to 50, we said, I don't know, that's crazy. 75 bucks, guys, it's getting too frothy. 150, 200, 250, 400, $500 a square foot plus. And it's like, when is this going, when For is this land. correction going to take yeah. place? And, and it hasn't. And you haven't seen that in Austin, Texas as well. Right. So that's market, it's things we know. Market, market, market. Absolutely. Yeah. And brand have been a good developer. All right. So how, how many projects you got in the pipeline? We have about 15 hotels in the pipeline. Um, and again, we're not placing pause, but we're slow playing these. So you think construction costs are going to come down from where they are today. There's going to be a slowdown and you think the demand side is going to make it less expensive. That's your current. Well, maybe that's wishful thinking. Bet. Maybe that's wishful thinking, Teague. I mean, I, look, and when people say construction costs never go down, they're incorrect. I've seen that uh, personally. When we opened uh, uh, a hotel in, in 2007 and 2008, and then I was pricing hotels in 2010 and 11, and we saw a hotel where we were getting quotes for 120 bucks a square foot go all the way down to 80, 85 bucks a square foot in 2010 and 11. So absolutely construction costs can go down. Will it go down? I don't know how much and if it will. I absolutely believe that it will taper because right now subcontractors are busy. They just can't find labor and that may continue. Labor is always gonna be a challenge for our industry as well as the construction industry. Material costs, I really believe will go down as some of the supply chain challenges kind of figure itself out and some of the demand starts tapering off. I mean, it's just supply demand. I mean, you've got to, uh, I was talking to the folks at Kohler they, they have a lot of inventory. They have more inventory in their warehouses yeah. today than they had in the last uh, 18 months. So obviously, you know, they could, they're going to be selling these items. They don't want to keep that kind of inventory in their warehouses. They're going to be selling those items at probably a lower amount than they were, than they did about uh, 12 months or 18 months ago. So we'll see. Uh, at, I don't believe it'll go up 10, 15 percent, okay. uh, right, from where it, where it is today. And that's the stuff we learned from Target, right? They all, Kohler, they all bought a whole bunch because they right. thought there was a problem because they ran out. That's right. So they bought a whole bunch and then, oops, nobody bought it. Yep. So now they got other stuff and they got to, in theory, start to liquidate that's right. their product, their inventory. That's right. And then backfill or we'll see where we end up. Right. All right, let's let's we're we're sort of wrapping up here, but I'm going back to inflation. What I if I can point out one of the things that I've learned, which I thought was fascinating on hotel valuations. Right. Ironically, our hotels seem to be worth more last year, right? Fourth quarter, but okay, last year when the hotels were still empty, the occupancies were still half. Yeah. yeah. 
but there was so much liquidity in the system, right. cheap debt, tons of equity, tons of liquidity in the system. So we were selling hotels for significantly more than we right. were in 19, even though they were empty. Right. Today, just in the last 30, 45 days, it, that seems to have stopped. Yeah. Even though the operations and the rev pars are, to your point, as high as they have been, we're back to above 19 levels. But because the liquidity is coming out of the system, the real estate is not worth sure. as much. Yeah, look, uh, interesting dynamics, right? Um, no question, interest rates going up. I mean, look, it's a, valuation is about looking into the future, yeah. right? Looking into the future. So if you're in fourth quarter of last year, you're looking at 22, everybody. When we were doing the, the, the budgets for all our hotels, we were like bullish. Yes. Even though Omicron was going on, you know, and we were bullish that come March, it's going to be gangbusters. Interest rates, we had no idea that the interest rates would, would, would grow the way that it, it has. And I think that there's a lot of factors in there. No question interest rates uh, have, have gone up more than what people expected. I, and I think that demand, uh, people are concerned about consumer confidence, uh, something that I said earlier. And so leisure, everybody's banking on leisure travelers uh, and leisure travelers may start backing off a little bit. Uh, and, and many of these hotels, that's all you had. And so I think that there's some concern with that. But the good news is, look, business travelers are coming back and they're traveling. Every industry, every business is competitive to you, right? Yep. So when Coca-Cola starts traveling, Pepsi's going to start traveling. So I think business travel is absolutely picking up. Group travel is people aren't afraid as much anymore. Human beings are meant to interact and connect in person. Zoom has been great. It's made my life actually easier. I've been on some, some advisory council calls yeah. on Zoom. And I'm going, I don't have to get on a plane and go all the way to New York or Boston. I'm two hours and they even give me a little 10 minute break to go to take a bio break. Uh, and I get to do that. And so... It has made our lives, definitely all of our lives easier, but it cannot replace business in general and the human-to-human -human interaction. So group business, no question, I think is going to get stronger. Business travel is no question going to get stronger. Leisure travel could taper a little bit, but hopefully the combination of that, we will still have some strong business going forward. And I believe this is a very sustainable industry. And, I, and I've got to say this, Teague, that, um, you know, this country was founded on exploration, right? This, this great country of ours. It was great in 2020 and 21 that we were rediscovering this great country again. We couldn't go to Europe. We couldn't go to the safaris in Africa or wherever people wanted to go to. Uh, they couldn't go to Mexico, many people, right? But they went to our national parks. They went to the Great Smoky. National Parks, they came to Chattanooga, Tennessee. They discovered this great community, this downtown, this hotel in particular. And I think that there's just uh, a lot of pride in, in traveling all over this country. And that's what we've seen as a portfolio. And that's what we've seen uh, uh, as an industry. All right, next trip, National Park. Got that's it. right. Let's call that a day. Mitch, you're a great friend. Thank, Thank you very you. much for the time and education. Thank you, Teague. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you again.